Seven Figures, Smart Money Strategies for Women. What are you really good at? What do you know a lot about? What do you think about making some extra money with an online course? Yeah, it's your course and you're the expert. The go-to gal, Jacqueline Malone, is here to explain exactly what you need to do to get started and how much money you can make by doing it. Plus, what to expect when you get laid off from work. Because of COVID, it's happening to more and more very talented people. So I want to make sure that you are ready and you're not caught off guard, just in case. And we'll take a seat at the kids' table. New research found a direct connection between the amount of TV a child watches and how stressed their parents are. We'll explain why and what you can do about it. Seven Figures is sponsored by Advantage Federal Credit Union. Thank you for making time to listen. I want to get you to that point where you have a good understanding of what's going on. So you never feel like you're in the dark. You never feel like someone's talking down to you. I want to get you to the spot where you feel comfortable and confident about your money and most importantly, secure in your future. Before we learn how to develop an online course, and maybe it is something for you, let's start the show with no dumb questions. All right, no dumb questions. There are no dumb questions, and a lot of people are, you know, apprehensive, nervous to speak up sometimes, so we're going to speak up for you. CFP at the Harmony Financial Wellness Group at RBC Wealth Management, Erica Cummings is here. Never a dumb question. I had a friend, good friend, very talented, very, very talented, and just was a casualty to the pandemic, got laid off, totally caught off guard, and he was like, oh my God. Gosh, there's so much involved in when you get let go from a company, I would have never thought. So can you break down some of those things that catches people off guard or what we should prepare for or expect? Yes. So expect a lot of mail. That's number one. And that's probably what freaks people out the most. Obviously, the loss of income is, is scary enough, but you start to get all of these separation forms in the mail and really it can be overwhelming and scary. And it's also just a reminder of the whole situation. So these are the things that you should be looking out for. And if you know they're coming, then I think it'll be a little bit better. So first and foremost, file for unemployment right away, immediately. Make sure you're filing from an unemployment, you know how to keep checking on it, you know, and make sure that you are, you know, the circumstances that you're, that you're eligible and so on and so forth. Um, check on your health insurance options. So these are a lot of the things you're going to receive in the mail as far as having COBRA options and how long the company will allow you to tap into their insurance and making sure that you know what happens with your 401k. So any types of benefits that you had prior, you want to make sure you know exactly what you should be doing with them, that you have the proper forms. You don't want to end up one day needing to go to the doctor and realizing that your insurance had run out or you didn't know you needed to be paying premiums. You want to make sure you start to work on a new budget immediately, immediately work on how can I survive this? What's my emergency savings? What do I have available to get me through the next, you know, X amount of months? You want to Google yourself. 
So you want to now, you know, depending on how long you've been at a, a particular employer, you may not have put a resume together. You may not have worried about LinkedIn. There's a lot of things that, that you probably didn't have to think about. Now it's time to create a new brand for yourself because you're going to obviously be getting out there again and looking for a new job. So you want to Google yourself, see what's out there because that's what every employer is going to do right away. You want to clean up all your social media accounts. So make sure that everything looks professional, get rid of any pictures that you don't want people to see because nowadays in this digital world, they are doing this mm -hmm. and you want to start to revamp your resume. You want to make it, some people haven't had a resume in 20 years. So make time to update your resume. You're going to be sending it through to employers and a lot of times they go through a computer automated system where they're looking for specific words. And if you don't have that on your resume, it, they don't even see it. It's not like the old days where you mail it in and they're being opened and they're, they're looked over. Everything is digital now. You wanna update your LinkedIn profile and you wanna kind of set up a schedule for yourself that you're doing this on a regular basis. So this is not a one and done. You wanna make sure you're starting to connect with your network get some references together. When was the last time some people had to worry about references? So you want to reach out to that network, consider who would be a good reference for you, start to check those job listings, focus on what type of job search you want. You're going to start writing cover letters. All of these things you need to really not put off because procrastination feeds off of itself. So you want to make sure that you're ready. Because for a lot of people, it's the overwhelming start of it that just, I'm going to take a week just to get myself together. Um, the best time for you to be preparing for that next phase is in those first couple of weeks. It's almost like using your fear to motivate you and not letting yourself become complacent. And also when you're updating your LinkedIn and you're reaching out to networks, you're going to feel revived. You're going to feel motivated. People are going to want to help, especially in this environment. So for your own emotional well-being, your mental state, when you are reaching out to people and you're talking to people on a daily basis, you don't feel so disconnected and you're, you're able to deal with this much, much better than if you just kind of crawl into a hole. And don't get discouraged and don't be afraid to ask for help. People are really in a very giving mood and we all want to uplift each other. So reach out. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable. Don't be afraid to put yourself out yeah. there. And when you do, if, you if you're ready, you have your resume ready, your LinkedIn profile looks great. You've already applied for your unemployment. You've got it down. At that point, you just focus on how to cultivate those relationships and ask for help. Yeah. And you've been given the gift of time. So there's a reason this yeah. is happening. And you have more time now to focus, right? Laser focus on these areas. Laser focus. Yes. Right. And I promise you, as you're talking to people, you will feel better than you know, and there's nothing wrong with taking a day or two to just process things. But it's when people take, you know, weeks and, yeah. and then it just those envelopes start coming in, like I said, and you start to feel reactive instead of proactive. And it, it really can. It's a mourning period. And it's really important that you know that you're probably going to feel this way. So try and get ahead of it as best you can.
Okay. Remind us again how we can uh, reach out to you and follow you. You can reach out to us through our website, HarmonyFinancialWellness.com. Also send us a message on our Facebook page if you'd like. And also starting in January, we will be hosting our new podcast called A Strong Woman for Strong Women. It starts, like I said, in January and will be available on all major platforms. Awesome. Thanks, Erica. Thank you. All right. Let's see if developing an online course, your own course sharing your expertise is something you should seriously think about. Jacqueline Malone, the go-to gal, joins us next. Strategist, podcaster, coach Jacqueline Malone, the go-to gal, that's the name of her podcast. This is part two of our conversation. So last week we talked about manifesting what you want in life, how it works, why it works. Jacqueline had a great point of view on it all. Today, we're going to focus on how you can make extra money by developing an online course. Yes, a course that you host as the expert. I'm seeing this pop up everywhere, and I'm sure you are too. More and more people are getting into the business of creating these online courses, and they apparently are making good money doing it. So Jacqueline has been doing this for years now. Here's part two of our interview with Jacqueline Malone, the go-to gal. Now let's talk about online courses because this is popping up everywhere and it looks like everybody's making so much money claiming that they're an expert and hosting these courses. So what do we need to know? Is this really something we should look into? Oh my goodness. So first of all, <laughs> you're I like, think... okay, we're ready. Okay, where, do we, where do we even begin? Where do we start with this? Lots of opinions here uh, and lots of experience here with being in. So I started my business online in the summer of 2015. And so it, the industry itself has changed a lot. The world around us has changed mm -hmm. a lot. It's interesting because I could feel a shift coming. I knew that more people were going to want to start businesses online or more businesses that weren't online were going to want to move into this space. I didn't know what the catalyst would be. And I'm like, oh, I wish this wasn't the catalyst, right? Yeah. But here we are. And in some ways, the fact that this opportunity is available is just, you know, I explain it to my grandma who is 90 and was born in 1930 and lived through the depression and everything. And back then there was Main Street, right? And you had all of these, all these small businesses on Main Street. And now we have the ability to have all these small businesses online and creating that space without having to go lease space, without having to even buy inventory. But so many of the products we buy on Amazon are from moms that are home with their kids. And so many of these people that we're buying online courses from are, you know, freelancers and, and people that are working full-time jobs and side hustling and all of these things. So I love that this opportunity is available to us. And I think it's really changing the way that business is done and shaped that it doesn't have to all be big businesses or even people working full-time. So now that we're here, online courses, one, there's so much to learn from online courses. And so a lot of people see that and they're buying courses and they're like, oh, I could do an, I should do an online course. There's also a lot of people selling courses on how to do online courses. And so that <laughs> sounds Genius. very meta. This is like actually a thing, right? Genius. So, so that also, and then there's, and then to just get an extra layer of complication, there's a lot of people who are affiliates. So people who are, get paid a commission for promoting the courses about making courses, right? So they, um, 
there's a lot of people talking about creating online courses. And I think that's a great thing. I don't think it's a bad thing. But people who are just starting out in this space, there's a lot of misconceptions about how fast you can make money from a course and, and just thinking like, Oh, I make I, if I make it, they will come type of thing. Well, you and, see that too, because everybody is boasting about how much they make right in two months I made. And it's this astronomical number that you're either thinking, okay, this is all a scam or you're thinking, Oh my gosh, is this really a possibility? Yes. And here's the thing. I could sit here and be like, yeah, my last two course launches, we made over $60,000 and blah, 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 blah. But one, that's not millions, right? <laughs> and two, it took a while to get there. And we have, I have an audience and, and I work with affiliates, other people that have audiences, right. That are sharing my course. So that doesn't necessarily happen overnight. Uh, okay. What I, what I've seen happen a lot, and I will totally also raise my hand and be like, I have been there and done that. And that is, you have a great idea for a course. Okay. And then you sit down and you just put your head down and you go to work sometimes for months on a course. Right. And then you pop up and you're like, okay, here it is. Ta-da. <laughs> like crickets. Right. <laughs> uh, or like three people buy and you were selling it for like $200 and you're like, Oh, I can't exactly replace my income with this. Right. Um, my first ever product was not a course, but it was a membership that had kind of little courses in it. Mm. And I was charging $29 a month for it. And I, I don't know, I did a challenge with 300 people and, and then I, you know, 29 of them joined the membership and I could make it sound all great. But at the end of the day, I was still making under a thousand dollars a month on this mm. membership, right? At least it was recurring revenue, but it took me from the time I had that idea in June to then I launched the membership in November. And then in April of the following year, 10 months later, I hit my first four figure month. <laughs> Nobody brags about the four figure month. <laughs> I hit my first four figure. I'm like, there's a comma, you know? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Okay. <laughs> oh, but the funny thing is, and I'll, I'll, we're not talking about, I'll share this just to, it took 10 months to, to get to that four figure month in that business and the membership, but a lot, but I was doing it on, I was promoting it on Instagram. I was building a community and people saw what I was doing and they were like, how are you, how are you using Instagram? What do you, what are your hashtag secrets? What's your strategy yeah, here? Yeah. And, right. And, and I have a background, I, I'm really good with brand strategy and just, and building community and all of that. And I was learning specific things about Instagram, but that's really why it was working. Right. But I'm like, okay, like Instagram. Sure. So I started selling, you know, one-on-one -on -one services, some done for you services. Then I said that I put a course together on Instagram because people were coming to me for that. And so it was a way for me to generate more revenue while I was not really making a lot in the other business. Right. And, and that's what helped me really get started in the beginning because I wasn't making a lot in that membership, but I was able to, to start selling some of these other services and getting thousands of dollars coming in from that, that, you know, I, it's a terrible expression, but I haven't come up with a better one of like, I was able to rob Peter to pay Paul to grow the other yeah. business because that this other one that happened by accident, I became the go-to gal by accident for Instagram. And so I leveraged that. 
to really help me grow both businesses and eventually kind of combine them together into what is now GoToGal. So with that, I say when you're getting started, don't go for something where you need to be selling to the masses to have it be mm. profitable or where you need to. So a lot of people say, well, yeah, but I could just do Facebook ads. And listen, if you're sitting on like <laughs> boatloads of money, like go for it. But even my clients who are making multiple six figures a year or friends of mine who are, you know, nearing seven figures, even with them, I don't, I, I wouldn't advise them. I don't advise them to sell something that they've never sold before to using Facebook ads, right? We want to prove that it converts first and then we put money behind it. Ads are not what make it convert. You get something that converts that's proven with an organic warm audience and then you give it the ad boost, right? To scale it. But if we haven't proven that it works, there's so many variables with ads. You won't know if it's the right mm -hmm. audience or if it's the ad copy or if it's the graphics and you might spend tens of thousands of dollars to find out just nobody wants to buy your course. Okay. So now, so it's going to take time. You say so it's going to take time, but I have a better way. I'm not just okay. going to be like the, like, don't like doom and gloom here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I have a better way. And here's the thing. Even now I sell courses and we have, you know, great profitable launches, but that's just a portion of my revenue. That's, and that's not my only revenue is coming from courses, right? I make money from several different revenue streams. So I encourage people to do that too, without spreading themselves too thin, right? We do one, one revenue stream at a time here. So that said, when you have an idea for a course, what I recommend is instead of going and hiding out and spending all this time, you know, hunched over your laptop, creating that course without knowing if anyone's going to buy it or not. What I recommend you do is instead of selling it as a course, you sell it as a live group program experience. And what this allows you to do is one, charge more money for it because they're getting access to you and there, it's going to be a more intimate experience. Maybe there's 10 or 20 people in this program versus a course that is usually a lot more than that. Right? So you're able to charge more because they're getting more access to you. It's more interactive. You're getting, you're giving feedback. Also, you're going to teach this live to them. So you don't have to be doing all this time creating outside of the program. You're going to sell it and then you're going to create the content live with your real life human clients. And what this allows you to do is a number of things. One, if nobody buys it, you're not out anything, right? You don't, you're not sitting on this course then yeah. I'm like, okay, great. What's the next idea? If they do buy it, which we hope they do now, one, you've validated it. You're now getting paid to create it. And let me tell you, there's no better accountability than paying clients that are expecting you to produce that every week, right? So you're going to find a way to get that going versus if you were just trying to get yourself pumped up every week on your own without having people that are expecting it from how you, much you know? do you charge how much do you well first let's back up a little bit how okay. when you get to the point where you're like oh yeah I'm an expert what qualifies it anybody could pretty much own a you know run a course anyone can run a course yes so you're you have to claim it you have to okay. claim it so and that's where 
you know, let the people decide. All right. <laughs> There's no like board that's like, are you expert enough to have a course? Like, there, is, is there like a, a thing? money back guarantee at the end of this fine? <laughs> you print? can, you can do, you can do a money back guarantee. How much do you if, charge if you, initially? This is my first live course. I got 10 people. I'm going to cap it there. So it doesn't blow my ego up too much. I got 10 people. We're, we're doing this hour long session. I teach them something. How much would you charge for that? So, so typically with my clients who are doing this, they typically are already doing a service for people. Now, maybe this is a service that someone is already doing in their job or was doing in their job in the past. Right. And so we take a piece of that or, you know, whatever it is that they think they can teach of it or that there seems to be demand to teach for it. And what we typically do for a first launch of this, and this is instead of doing a beta, right? Instead of putting all this time into a course and then selling it for a low price beta trial, right? Where you're, you're not making a lot of money. This is, you're selling a high touch experience where you're interacting with people. So if they're not getting it, they have the opportunity to ask you and you have the opportunity to now answer it in a different way. So you're really also learning how to teach it. I say it's like getting paid for market research, right? And if you literally have never, you know, taught this to someone before, start with one-on-one coaching first, teach a few people one-on-one, then get a group together. But with my clients, what we typically do is we say, a thousand dollars and they have a goal of getting at least 10 people in. So then we know it's at least a 10 K launch. It's, it's pure profit. A thousand dollars to get in on this course. Yes. Oh, this is fantastic. And, and how much <laughs> everybody's ears just perked up. See, this is that astronomical <laughs> number that I thought was a scam. Okay. So people oh. are expecting to pay, to buy into this live oh, one-on-one yeah. kind of zoom course or whatever it is a thousand dollars but how many of these live one-on-one sessions are you guaranteeing these people well so let's say for this example i'm giving with my students it's not one-on-one right so they get so that thousand dollars they sell it to 10 people and so they have a ten thousand dollar launch there's no ads they literally can do the entire thing in a facebook group they could go live and you don't even need zoom if you have zoom that's great but you don't need to have course software you don't need to get fancy you could literally go live in a private closed facebook group with these people in it every week and do everything in the Facebook group. So you can have zero expenses and make $10,000 doing this. And I would say the course, I would usually run it, depending on the course content, anywhere from six weeks, eight weeks, maybe 12 weeks, definitely not longer than 12 weeks. And typically you're teaching live every other week. Some people, if it's six weeks, they'll do every week that they're teaching something live. Um, but usually it's like, okay, we're going to teach it live. And then the next, you know, it's more of like an implementation time before the next. And that gives you a little bit of breathing room in between too, if you, if you have it structured like that. Okay. So people are, they're paying a thousand dollars to learn something that is going to improve their life. Something that is going to maybe change their life. Something that's going to, if it's for business related, something that's going to help them make more money. Right. So typically it's, what is it? It's health, wealth, and relationships are like the three main categories mm. for online courses that people are really, if, if they're positioned correctly, are, you know, people are willing to pay money and invest in. Okay. So yes. So instead of selling a low end course, even a thousand dollars, honestly, like my course is a thousand dollars, right? So when we first launched it, it was 500. 
uh, and it was a smaller group, right? And we, and we've raised the price over time, but a thousand dollars for a live group experience is a great opportunity for them to get access to you, to learn this content, but to really be, you know, in that small group going through it with that extra accountability and feedback. So and you're getting paid yeah. to learn about your market and to create this content that you can then package up and sell. All right. So a thousand dollars for the other six or 12 weeks, either every week or every other week, depending. And mm-hmm. in between those live sessions and the live sessions usually run how long? I know I'm nitpicking a little bit here, but yeah, just to give a good it visual. It depends on the content. Some okay. people can do it in a half an hour, some people an hour. Sometimes okay. if you're doing questions at the end, 90 minutes, I wouldn't, I definitely would not go longer than 90 minutes. And then are you available to these individuals at any time for to to reinforce the value of that $1,000 commitment? I mean, any time is a bit presumptuous, <laughs> but I would say, but with okay. a Facebook group, right? You want them to be asking questions so they can ask a question at 2 a.m. And then you can get to it the next day yes, at 3 p.m. That's, that's, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Okay. Yeah, I okay. know you did. I know you did. But that's where, you know, in the Facebook group, they can ask questions. People can answer each other's questions and, and yeah, you can pop in and you can, as long as you communicate, just like anything else, you can say, I'm not available on weekends. You know, they could still post questions on the weekends and then you just get to them on Monday when you get back to it. So you can design it in a way that works for you. You can absolutely do that. But yes, part of the benefit of it is that they're able to ask you questions. It's able to be interactive and you want that because what's happening is you're figuring out how to better structure your course yeah. and how to write uh, what you need to include, what you need to maybe, you know, be more, put more clarity or spend more time on. Also, you're learning about these real life humans that decided to invest in it and understanding them and their motivations and their struggles better. So you're going to have much better content to market with when you go and decide to run it again as a live group. Or if you want to package it up as more of a course, you now have great marketing research and you're going to, you're going to work damn hard to get these people good results. So you're also going to have some amazing case studies and testimonials that's going to help you the next time you do this too. I always say that the flow of money, I mean, there it's always flowing, right? You just got to figure out how to jump in and grab some. And mm-hmm. even in the middle of a pandemic where, you know, people are losing their jobs, there's still money out there that you can reach out and grab. There really is. Right? There really is. With the, I'll, I'll give a couple of quick tips on the course. One, you want it to, to solve a problem. So the course should be positioned as a way of solving a problem that someone is experiencing. Are there other ways to do courses? Yes. But ones that are designed as solutions are going to sell the best. Okay. So, so start with that to figure out what's someone's problem and how can you solve it and be really specific with, with that piece, I think is just very important. And then another thing to keep in mind is you want it to feel like a new opportunity, not an improvement. So it's instead of being like, be better at this, or ah. it's like the, you know, where you're kind of, and what happens with that is if it's just kind of getting better at something, or it sounds too close to other things that they've done before, sometimes it's not. So listen, they have to trust you. They have to trust that the course will work and they have to trust themselves. And people forget about that third one, right? They know they need to build the trust for themselves. They know they need to, you know, have credibility for their offer, but the person also has to trust themselves. And so if it sounds too close to something else that they've done or tried that has failed for them, 
They're not going to be as likely to invest. But if you're able to show how this is new and this is different than other things that they've tried in the past, they're more willing to give it that shot because they believe more that it's possible for them. Fascinating. I love it. Okay. This is great. Thank you so much, Jacqueline. This is awesome. I mean, we could talk for another 40 (laughs) minutes, but... We could, we could. I love it. So all of you listening right now, take a stab at it. Reach out to Jacqueline if you need assistance or guidance. Not any time, though. She'll get back to you when she has a second. No, I'm just kidding. It's the go-to, Gail. How can we find you and follow you? What is the best way to connect with you? Oh, well, first, wherever you're listening to this podcast, you can go and find the Go To Gal podcast. And we put out new episodes every Tuesday, and sometimes we do some bonus ones too. So definitely connect with me there. And then if you if you're wanting to get out there and maybe do a course or a live program or maybe have your own podcast or whatever it is if you're looking to really grow a business online one of the key components to that is building authority people need to know that they can trust you and you need to believe that you are the authority yourself too so i have a free 30-day guide called 30 days of authority building or literally for i tell you what to do for 30 days to build authority from the inside out so it's my mindset, it's strategies, it's all the things. And you can get that for free at JacquelineMalone.com forward slash plan. Awesome. Thank you. Oh, thank you. The more TV your kids are exposed to, the more stressed you are as the parent. We'll explain why and what you need to do. Grab a chair. We're about to take a seat at the kids table next. All right, welcome to the kids' table. Yes, we're going to take a seat at the kids' table. We got our money expert over here, Susan Beecham, founder of Money Savvy Generation. How are you? Hey, Sandy. Good. Okay, so this is an interesting one. I found a very fascinating study out of the University of Arizona, and they just released it, and it found that the more kids watch TV, and I'm going to put in YouTube in there because that's the form of TV for our kids. The more advertising they're exposed to, which now they're saying directly is tied to a parent's overall stress level. So just think about that for a second. And we're going to ask the kids, what was that one thing that they really wanted? And they want it because they saw it on one of their games or a YouTube video. So here's what the kids said. What was something that you wanted to buy after seeing it on a YouTube video? The LOL Playhouse. Because there's all different ways you can use it and it comes with all different stuff. What is something you want to buy after seeing it in a YouTube video or in one of the games on your phone? Merch. Merch? A shirt. A shirt? Who's your favorite YouTuber? Unspeakable. And why do you like Unspeakable? He's funny. What kind of videos does Unspeakable make? Minecraft. So why did you want his shirt so much? I thought it looked cool. What is something you've seen on YouTube that you really wanted to buy? Um, the American Girl Doll School. How about on a video game? Uh, Speed Boots. Speed Boots? Where'd you see that? Mega Fun Abby. Mega Fun Abby? Is that a game? Um, pasta paint pens because they're just these really nice pens. Now what videos were you watching that this was in? Mariah Elizabeth. She's probably the only YouTuber I watch. And Mariah Elizabeth does what? She does art things, squishy makeovers. She just says that how much how much she loves them. Mm, half of those things I did not know what they were. <laughs> 
Well, yeah. I mean, you and the other parent are like, who? You heard about it where? What? What? (laughs) What is that? It's almost like you have to get a translator for their Christmas list. (laughs) Right. Right. Because they're being marketed to. Yeah. And marketers are good at what they do. And now we know that it it creates stress for parents. So this this study says that, you know, when you go to the store, your kids, because they've been exposed so much, are going to ask for things more. And the stress lingers beyond the shopping trip, which is fascinating. Well, there's two things here. There's one, um, a couple of years ago, they were tracking how much kids spend annually. Mm. And it was in the billions Jeez. with a B. And the spend of their own money, so this is money they had in hand, was in the billions with a B. So it was $17 billion annually, $30 billion of their own money. But then there was this one statistic that really got me, the influence spending. That's what you're talking about. The amount of money parents spend at their child's urging. That was $150 billion. Gosh. I get it. These YouTubers, they're working hard. They're, they're putting out a product. We all do it. That's fine. They deserve to make money. But when you are directly, directly targeting children and marketing to them, that's what just drives me crazy. Marketers will start marketing to your children around eight months old. They have pitches that they direct to audiences that are as young as eight months. Eight months? So I don't know how they do it, Sandy. (laughs) I have no clue. I have no clue. But what it does tell you is that marketers start young because they understand um, the more impressions that they make, the more likely you are to think that you want it and then you need it. So what do we do as parents? How do we how do we fight back? Well, here's what as parents what we do is we understand the long-term impact of a child who has been marketed to and has not had the same equal message from us and our family values. Mm. Um, so long-term effect, just to motivate parents to pay attention to what I'm going to say here. University administrators, they report losing more students to credit card debt than to academic failure. Wow. 50, little over 50% of college age adults agreed with this statement. I have experienced repeated unsuccessful attempts to control, cut back, or stop excessive money use. Those messages that come so innocently in YouTube videos, in online uh, games, they are shaping your child's behavior. My favorite was uh, Shopping Barbie. Um, Shopping Barbie had a tiny little credit card, something no parent could see. And when I took a magnifying glass to it, it was a fully branded credit card, fully branded with a named credit card company. And when you took Shopping Barbie's credit card and you pushed it through the cash register, it said credit approved, credit approved. Uh, I think my kids have that. Yeah. Yeah. So I had two and I was kind of appalled at the reach. Now you can see how they can get to very young children Mm. and how they can get a message of bye, bye, bye. 
So what we have to do is we have to get, as parents, we have to get in front of it. Two tricks. <laughs> they're not tricks, they're strategies. First of all, allowance. Allowance is the best tool you have to getting away from saying no when you're in a store. So uh, my daughters got allowance starting at age eight and one of them loves purses and still does to this day. And we were in the mall and she saw a purse in the coach store and she said, oh my God, mommy, look at that purse. Isn't it beautiful? And I said, it's gorgeous. She said, can we go look at it? I said, sure. We walked up to the window. She was getting very excited because she's thinking she has corralled me. Yeah. She, yeah. It is to die for mom. I said, well, I don't know about that, but it is a good looking purse. She turned to me and she said, mommy, can we buy it? And I said, I don't know. Can you? Oh, look at you, mom. You're cruel. Uh -huh. And she looked at me with complete disgust. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Allowance is a wonderful strategy for allowing children to make decisions about what's really important to them and takes you out of the game of always saying no to them. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't started allowance, you need to definitely take a look at it and incorporate it because it is one way to take a decision, to take the no out of your hands and put it into your child's hands because that's what you want, right? You don't want a college age adult who can't um, control, cut back or stop excessive money use. Yeah, You yeah. want a child who knows how to delay gratification. So the other thing I would say, especially today, because the game is different today, uh, if you're allowing your child to watch the YouTube videos and you're giving them a little bit of independence as they work through these games, you have to be careful for in-app purchases. That is a marketing strategy to get your child excited about spending money. And it's it, it comes in the form of um, incentives and rewards, and it's not. It's simply spending money. So the second thing, don't give your credit card away uh, to your child. Understand if they want to make a purchase, they have to explain it to you. Remember, in-app purchases are abstract purchases. Your child doesn't have the gray matter in their brain to understand that this is a concrete purchase where money gets spent. It's up to you until they get to that point where they can understand it. It's up to you to get in front of it. And then finally, you can give them the opportunity to pay for it. You wanna do an in-app purchase, then it has to come out of your allowance. Okay, awesome. So it's the battle, us versus the marketers. Right. <laughs> and you gotta get in front of it. And these are great tips and tools that you have on your website, actually. You can start there, I mean, is the season give the gift of financial education money savvy generation you have a bunch of products there's a there's a bunch of tools you know things that help parents or grandparents start this conversation and kind of lean on as you have the conversation because a lot of parents and grandparents are afraid they don't know what to say yeah. to talk about money well the money savvy pig our four chambered bank does the talking for you our official money guide series helps you get the conversation go going with your teens and your college-age students and even your young adults 
And then the um, children's series, uh, Money Savvy Kids Club books, are another series of books that help you explain and have this conversation about money. There's a lot of research that children who own 20 books or more, their reading scores are stronger Hmm. than children who don't actually own books. Oh, that's fascinating. Isn't it? Yeah. I thought it was too. So is something as simple as building out those 20 books for your children or your grandchildren could be a real boost, not only to their financial knowledge, but also to their reading comprehension. I love it. All right. The website again, Susan? Uh, Moneysavvy.com. Thank you. We'll talk to you again next week. Sounds good. Take care. That wraps up another show. Let me know if there's a topic you want us to answer and no dumb questions, if there's a guest you want me to try to get on the show, or if you need help talking to the kids about money. This podcast is for you. Before we leave, today's money victory shout out goes to Sierra Stiller Sager. Continue to increase credit score significantly because I continue to pay down debt. We raise a glass for you, Sierra. Congratulations. Cheers to you and each and every single one of you who is proud to say that you're on your way to being a financially confident woman. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Seven Figures podcast. Click subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Seven Figures is sponsored by Advantage Federal Credit Union. 